go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe Spiegel, and sitting across from me is... Mike Sutherland. How you doing? I'm fine. <laughs> That's, it's been a while. All right, so, yeah, this is uh, this is our... Uh, fucking, what did we see? We saw Lady Bird, didn't we? Yes. All right, All right so on this episode, we're going to review Lady Bird. Also, we're going to take a look at some entertainment news. Um you know, trailers and shit like that. I got the uh, Rampage uh, second trailer, the Overboard remake full trailer, and uh, some Kung Fury news. Yes, yes. Yes, Kung Fury. Kung Fury. Uh, <laughs> fuck, fuck you, you, Kung Fury. Fuck you. <laughs> and then... I was going to say, fuck you, Hitler. Yeah, then we're going to preview uh, Black Panther, which will be our piece of shit or not for yeah. the week. All right. So, so uh, yeah. Welcome to Wakanda. Welcome. Yes. All right. Kaffa lover. Yes. <laughs> Take it away, Kaffa lover. Mel. <laughs> Arjun or Arian or whatever the fuck your name is. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. We have to do that. Yes, yes. Let's do that. All right. So Lady Bird is, uh, is she's an outspoken teen who must navigate a loving but turbulent relationship with her strong-willed mother over the course of an eventful and poignant year of high school in Sacramento. We're plugging our city. Yes, in Sacramento, California. Yes. Eve. So roll that beautiful bird footage. I hate California. I want to go to the East Coast. I want to go where culture is, like How New York. Did I race or at least snow. Connecticut or New Hampshire, no, where writers live in the woods. Get into those schools anyway. Mom. You should just go to City College. You know, with your work ethic, just go to City College and then to jail and then back to City College and then maybe you'd learn to pull yourself up and not expect everybody to do everything. Lady Bird, is that your given name? Yeah. Why is it in quotes? I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. Lady Bird always says that she lives on the wrong side of the tracks, but I always thought that that was like a metaphor. But there are actual train tracks. What she did was very baller. It was very anarchist. Put the magazine back! <laughs> She has a big heart, your mom. She's warm, but she's also kind of scary. You can't be scary and warm. I think you can. Your mom is. So, you're not interested in any Catholic colleges? No way. I want schools like Yale, but not Yale because I probably couldn't get in. <laughs> you definitely couldn't get in. Does mom hate me? If you're tired, we can sit down. I'm not tired. You were dragging your feet. You are so infuriated. Please stop yelling. I'm not yelling. Oh, it's perfect. Do you love it? You both have such strong personalities. When is a normal time to have sex? You're having sex? I'm ready. Just wanted it to be special. Why? You're gonna have so much unspecial sex in your life. We're afraid that we will never escape our past. Whatever we give you, it's never enough. It's never enough. It is enough. We're afraid of what the future will bring. We're afraid we won't be loved. You can't do anything unless you're the center of attention. We won't be liked. Yeah, well, you know your mom's tits, they're totally fake. She made one bad decision at 19. Two bad decisions. And we won't succeed. I want you to be the very best version of yourself that you can be. What if this is the best version? What I'd really like is to be on Math Olympiad. But math isn't something you're terribly strong in. That we know of yet. 
So her name is pronounced Searshi. Yes. <laughs> not Soiree. Yeah. Searshi Ronan. All right. So uh, this movie is uh, currently nominated for five Oscars, you know, because they're extremely relevant still. Uh, for Best Director, for Greta Gerwig. Uh, Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay, uh, which goes to Gerwig again. And uh, Best Actress for Ronan. And Best Supporting Actress for Laurie Metcalf as her mother. <coughs> Excuse me. So now, look, I, 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 I'm a Lori Metcalf. You know, I, I guess you can call her a fan. I'm not someone that like follows what she does, but when I watch her on stuff, I really enjoy seeing her. I'm, I'm different. I'm, I have a different attitude about her than you than you do. And I didn't like her. You know, she was okay in um, Roseanne. Yeah, but after a while, her character got old. Well, yeah, because they they seemed like they just kept doing the same shit with her, and then, then they decided to tie her down, and she's not the tie her down kind of person, so they fucked her character up. Um, but, yeah, I, I like Laurie Metcalf. Everything I've seen her in, even though they had her playing over-the-top crazy killer bitch in, uh, in Scream Part 2, but other than that, uh, everything I see her in, she's really good, you know, and I like her Sheldon's mom. and so um, Yeah, she's it, excellent as Sheldon's mom. Yeah, and uh, when... When they said that she was up for for an Oscar for supporting actress, I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, she she deserves it. But I can't deny something, man. J- uh, Allison Janney, who's also up for best actor, best supporting actress for uh, I Tonya, way more way more memorable of a of a role. You know what I mean? Uh, Janney just nails it more than I, I, anyone else. I think that's up there. Yeah. So. Metcalf does a really good job. She plays a down-to-earth mother who, well, I don't know if she's down-to-earth. I wouldn't say down-to-earth, but she's a realistic mother. You know, how she's overprotective, you know, and, and she says the wrong thing, too. She's not, she's, not, she's not a perfect mom, and that's what I like about her. That's what I like about all the characters in this movie is that nobody's perfect, including especially Lady Bird herself. <laughs> you know, she's flawed, you know. Severely. I mean, she's, she's the atypical teenager where she is... Um her needs are more important than anyone else's. She's selfish. Yeah, she's yeah. she's a cunt. <laughs> well, at least I mean, for the most part of the movie, she's just like, yeah, absolutely selfish. Yeah, she she thinks that she knows everything. There it is. This is the one on El Camino. That's an actual place. Yeah, thrift time. I thought they might like you know like change the sign or something. You know. Nope. All right. I wonder how much more business they've gotten because of that. Of course, it's a thrift shop, so who really gives a shit, right? So well, uh, now you know where it's at. Um. What I liked about this movie is that she, even it's f- f- basically through her eyes. <laughs> Look at the picture. They got it. They, you could tell they made money off the movie because they've upgraded their, <laughs> they remodeled. <laughs> Where? The Thrift Town. See the front? That's the different store. Uh, never mind. God damn it. Good try. You, you know what I mean? Like, like, it's like during during the um, the housing boom, right before the collapse. There's right? like 86 of these fucking places. Okay, I d- didn't know that. I thought there was just that one in Sacramento, and that was it. Even though there's a thing there that says store finder. So go fuck yourself. I, all right, I get it. <laughs> New Mexico, Texas. One, two, three, four, five. Fine. Six, seven, I yes, I I I deem I deem myself proven wrong. Yes. <laughs> um. Well, so, anyways, this this movie is through her eyes, basically. Yeah. And she, what I like about it, Greta Gerwig did a really good job of focusing on a character who is in between adulthood, <laughs> teen to adulthood. She wants all the fucking rich stuff. Yeah. But 
she doesn't want to deal with the rich people, the, the snobby like people. And then she tries to deal with the snobby people and becomes one herself. Yeah. She's trying to find her way. Yeah. Coming she's, of age. Yeah. yeah. She's just, she's stuck in the middle of, you know, what, her, who her real friends are, who yeah. her real friends aren't. And she's got to kind of weave her way through that and figure out who's who. You know what I find impressive about this movie is that in 90 minutes, because this is a short, you know, this is a short film for how much ground it covers, is that the way that Gerwig, uh, you know, had this edited and everything and written is this movie goes through a lot of material, a lot of shit in situations in a short running time. Right. And, and I remember telling you when we were watching the movie that it was, uh, it was like a montage of moments. You know, yeah. that, that's how this movie's filmed. It's like another. It's just it's straight up like a montage in a way, and and it, it's it's good storytelling because you're able to tell so much in such a short time. Because a lot of times I I look at a short running time like this, I'm like, dude, this movie's gonna cut through so much shit, and you're not gonna get to see anything, right? Because that's how I am about you know movies, but you know, still no. Instead, it was the opposite. They told plenty. Yeah, they, usually I'm not a big fan of movies that do like see you know, that. In my opinion, they film for a specific scene. Like they have an idea for a scene, so yeah. they write it, and then they, and then they, instead of writing an entire script, yeah, it doesn't. It this feels like, as you said, that they wrote specific scenes, had ideas for specific scenes, and then kind of made a movie around it. Yeah, and in contrast to that, you know that the entire the entire thing was written. You know, from beginning to end, and however long it was supposed to be, yeah, with minor cuts and this and that. But I am never a fan because we've seen plenty of these movies, yeah, Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> um, where it just feels like they wrote a scene for for whatever to sell the goddamn movie, yeah, and then didn't build up on it. Mm -hmm. Greta did a great job with this, where as you said, it's a montage of scenes. But it's it's so well strung together, so well edited, yeah. And the actors do it so uh, played it all their parts so well, yeah. You know, and, and um, was it Tracy? What's his name? Tracy Letts. Tracy Letts. Um, unfortunately, Tracy's character is kind of background. Yeah, way background where he's impactful, but we don't know enough about what's going on with him other than he loses a job. It would have been nice if they could have added even just five minutes <coughs> and had of, a, of him, more for him. Yeah. But he's effective in the little time he's got, which is great, really good for yes. his character, you know. Yeah, and and he's the, um, he's basically the rock. He's, you have these two conflicting people. <laughs> like rams. Yeah, and you have him right in the middle of it being the balance. Yeah. Right? And that, and again, this movie, I'm not a big fan of these types of movies. Um, this is very clerks-ish. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot of talk stuff. Yeah. And it deals with women's issues. It's just not my thing. Not your thing. Never has been. Um, when we were sitting, we were the only people in the theater. Yeah. It was awesome. It was like the second week in a row, too. I know. <laughs> uh, I almost feel like we own the place and shit. Yeah. And as we're sitting there watching the movie, I looked straight at you and said, were we, were we like this? Were we complete cunts like this? You said use the word pretentious. Yeah, were we pretentious cunts? Uh, well, you know, back then, in in this, you know, in the because this is supposed to be set in two thousand four, so they had to actually, like, in some scenes, like as you see the 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 uh, the camera panning, yeah, they had to cut the scene because in two thousand because there were specific buildings, yeah, as they were filming 
that weren't there yeah. in 2004. Yeah. Which is really funny because we can spot these built. Like we were, as I'm watching it, I'm like, they're going to, they're going to go into this, they're panning across and there's a, and whatever fucking building it is, it's a brand new, it's a newer business, right? Like yeah. in and out or whatever. Yeah. And and I'm like they're going to ha- they're going to show that building and as soon as it starts it cuts yeah. right before they show it I'm like oh thank God yeah yeah or like yeah I was wondering they didn't show a whole lot of the the airport because I I think the that lot was of, it that, that was the whole thing because a lot of the airport's been remodeled right yeah I just didn't know when they did it um it, it's it over the last uh, ten years or so yeah so then yeah, that's why they because if you notice a lot of the scenes when they're driving yeah. through the airport it's blurry. Yeah, well, it's and it mostly focuses on Lori's character. Yeah, and then when she, like, so when you drive into Sacramento Airport, it has two terminals now. Where it used to have one. Yeah, well, it's always had two terminals, but the newer term, the new terminal is new. Yeah, and the way that you get there now is over this it's two it, loops. Yeah, yeah. If if you take it to the new terminal, it's it's like a modern day airport. Yeah. Whereas the older terminal is not so much modern, and you can still pull up into the front. Yeah, and and when she's driving away, you can still you can see the newer terminal, right? Yeah. Well, as all that's going on, it's focusing on Lori's character, and the way that the terminal is set up is you have like four lanes: one for parking or you know getting close to the curb, yeah. Another one for driving slowly, trying to get in there or stopping, yep. And then you have the other two that you have to kind of drive through, the right? Ten mile an hour ones, yeah. Yeah, and one of them actually takes you to the other terminal, yep. And and the one that you need to Used to get out of Terminal A is where Lori's driving, and you have to take this like extreme left turn. Yep. And then, and, and that's always been there, but there's a new parking garage. Yeah. And and all this other stuff, and they don't show any of that, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. So it is because yeah, that's you know, or like uh, you know, there was no Golden One Center. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, because at the time that was the K Street Mall, which was huge. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, I thought that they did a good job with making it look like they were in that time period, you know, with, with the whole look of Sacramento. And uh, it's just, I, I find it amazing that um, as someone who I purposely have stayed away from downtown Sacramento as much as possible in my 40 years that I've lived in Sacramento, um, because I hate driving downtown. I hate... Well, that's not downtown, but... Well, all of Sacramento. I, all, when, I call, when I call downtown Sacramento, I just mean the city of Sacramento itself. That's pretty much what I mean by downtown. I even though there's all the, the urban areas around it, right? The suburban areas like East Sac and stuff like that. Uh, but I'm talking about the whole city of Sacramento when I say downtown. So um, that that could be my bag as a rookie. But anyway, I've avoided it because I hated driving down all the one way streets, and I, I got very easily disoriented and frustrated driving down streets like that. And now that I'm a Lyft driver, that um, and it, I've gotten used to it. And I've been doing it since October, and I have no problem driving there now, none at all. And I just, it's just funny that we watch a movie that that is, that is prominently set in Sacramento and mostly filmed in Sacramento, and I'm seeing all these things that I just recently have have seen, right? With never seeing them or seeing them before or remembering them, so it's kind of cool, you know that. Uh, that I got that I started driving Lyft before seeing Lady Bird because I can appreciate it more. That's what I'm trying to lean into is that I can appreciate this movie more for all the scenes that it shows of Sacramento that that I have now seen before beforehand. You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to get at. So it's like cool. Oh yeah, I know that spot. And hey, I know that spot. And you know, just yeah, yeah. That's and that's the one thing. Like when I'm watching movies that have you know an LA background or whatever. Yeah, I do the same thing. You know, 
Yeah, because like if you look at like say directors like Michael Mann, when he he most of them almost I think it's like like seventy five to eighty percent of the movies he makes are always in L A. Because he says because people have asked him why do you keep filming your movies in L A. He says because there's always another spot in L A. that no one has has shown enough in film and that and, and there's a, another look. Everyone has a you know L A. has a specific look, but there's other places that look good. Like if you watch Collateral, he made made L A. look a little different in certain ways, you know, and stuff like that. So yeah. he said there's always another way you can show L A. Except for the fucking bridge in Pasadena. God yeah. damn, oh, yeah. sick of seeing that fucking thing. I wonder how many music videos have been filmed on that. <laughs> Every one of them. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah, I just I'm so sick of seeing that goddamn bridge. I know that I, that was even. I think that was even in Bright. Yeah, it yeah. was in Bright. It was in They Live. It was in training Jackass. Training, yeah, Training Day. Any, any, yeah, any, 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 um, any uh, Barrio film. You yeah. know, from you know that that's filmed in L.A. Oh yeah, yeah. You're always they're always going to show that shit, right? And the aqueducts and stuff. So, um, so yeah, I, I like all the Sacramento shit that they that they showed because it, it's almost um, you you can tell when a director loves the city that they're filming in because of all the extra attention. I mean, she purposely showed like you know like when you're watching the beginning of the Lost Boys and it's showing all these different shots of Santa, Santa Cruz, Cruz, right? Yeah. Or Santa Carla, yeah, <laughs> right, and. And you know that they like Schumacher liked showing those parts of Santa Cruz, you know, showing right. the, the people there and stuff like that. And then this movie takes it up a notch where it like in between scenes, it's like doing, you know, it's doing a Batman thing almost where it's showing like another clip of here, the clip of there. And, you know, it, yeah, it's always it's showing the um, the, the bridge over by J Street. Um, yeah. It's showing the uh, the uh, what, what, what was it like uh, where Fair Oaks becomes J Street. Yeah. Um, that bridge there that goes into the city and. And uh, and then also show like the sign for Club Raven. Yeah, I can never the Tower Bridge, and yeah. then um, the pyramid. I can't ever remember the name of that stupid pyramid. No, me neither. Uh, <laughs> it's called the pyramid. <laughs> it's called the pyramid. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even think. I, the, uh, I don't think the Tower Bridge looked like that back in two thousand um, because the movie's filmed in like it's set like at the end of two thousand two and three and around there. Right. Because it cover, covers a whole year. So it, the ziggurat. That's what it is. Ziggurat. So it's it's showing all those places. I've never driven by that building yet. So far as a Lyft driver, I've been downtown dozens, if not over a hundred times <coughs> or more. And I have you ever been to a River Cats game? Yeah. Then well, you drive yeah. by it. Okay. Well, no, I just I haven't. Maybe it was blocked by a tree. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's you drive right by it because the River Cats are over. I know. There's. Just, I don't know how I'm missing the fucking thing then because I I drive I drive I drive over that fucker all the time. There's the Regency Hotel really right next there. to it and yeah. Not Regency. I don't remember the name of the whole. The Embassy Suites. That's what it is. Embassy Suites. Yeah. So, so here it is. I wonder that thing looks like. I wonder if the lights are turned off at night or something. Nope. That's fucking weird. I wonder if the lights are turned off at night. <laughs> fucking bright. <laughs> I know. I dude. Then there's something off because I think they might have built something now between that and and the bridge. No, there's nothing something. there between that and the bridge. I'm just showing you the pictures. Well, the picture could it's be right out there. Fucking there. That's fucking weird. I just I literally just drove over that the other day. I don't remember seeing the goddamn pyramid. I, it's right there. <laughs> I, I just remembered too. I had this a lady I picked up um, downtown. She was a bartender at one of the, the uh, bars there, of course. And I, I was taking her over the bridge. See, I was taking her over that bridge, and it was like pitch black. Right? Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't. It wasn't the tower bridge. It was the bridge right over, you know, next over, like that goes into West, other part of West Sac. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, it's the dark bridge, right? Because you can't see shit on. There's not really any lighting, right? And we're driving over, and out of nowhere, there's a guy walking, and he's wearing a black trench coat, and he looked like a fucking serial killer. 
walking all quietly and alone. And it was like one of those things where you only, when your headlight hits him, that's when you can see him. And then otherwise you can't see him at all. Right. And I waited like about five seconds after we drove past him. And I go, I go, that was creepy. <laughs> she goes, cause she, we weren't talking at all. And she goes, you're right. It was, <laughs> Oh my god! It was creepier and shit, dude. The guy just fucking appeared out of nowhere. Like, like, thank God my car didn't break down on that bridge. I this think bridge we right here. Yeah, we, yep, that <laughs> one. We would have been fucked. So, yeah, that's that's off, man. I, yeah, because there's the Embassy Suites and there's you know down <laughs> or old, yeah, old sack and, and like literally right here. Yeah. Uh, it, so we're looking at a picture of the Tower Bridge mm-hmm. with the ziggurat to the left of yeah. the, like right next to the ziggurat. On as you're facing that side, yeah, on the left hand side, and past the dochi, right here where these little tracks are, mm-hmm. that's where the river cats are, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... and then Rayleigh's, Rayleigh's headquarters is right down that road, okay. So, yeah, that's that, I, that's fucking weird, man. I don't know why it's like that. You see, okay, do you see, um, like you can see, yeah, right there on that building, uh-huh. if, if you go a little bit to the left on the, uh, the left side, of the, right there. Where the building's at, uh-huh. they um they have a spotlight that shines on that, and it shines the uh, the Sacramento Kings logo at night. Yep, pretty fucking cool. I've actually driven right by that light because one time I I had to pick up a guy at the Embassy Suites, and some sometimes with the GPS on that shit, it doesn't fully like it'll say, oh he's over back here, right? And then you go back there, and then fucking no, they're not there. And then you got to go back, and then it like keeps changing where they're where they're at. Right, kind of annoying at times, but. I've learned to adjust to it for the most part when doing uh doing this all this driving I've been doing. So all right. Uh so anyway, fucking Ladybird. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so yeah, this this movie, um I, I like um, you know, uh all these uh the quick moments, you know, like with the guy she's dating finds out that he's gay and and you know, like her, her friend uh her friend Julie, who's uh, you know, she's got a crush on the on one of the teachers and and uh, oh, it's the M Street Bridge. That's what it is. Or uh, yeah, M Street, High Street. That's weird that that thing can turn because when you're on it, it doesn't look like it can turn at all. That's for the boats. In fact, the yeah. Tower Bridge raises. Yeah, I know. That's also weird too. When I because I, when I drive over the Tower Bridge, it doesn't look like it could raise up at all. It looks like it's solid. So cool technology. Yep, technology. So, anyways, uh, so <laughs> so anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, I. The, like the movie, you know, we were already talking about how the movie breezes through all these moments, and then it also breezed through the boyfriend thing really quick. But it did enough. It did enough of what it needed to do. You know, she falls for a guy. She goes out with a guy. It's everything seems perfect. Then out of nowhere, she catches him, she catches him making out with another guy. Yeah, she had to go to the bathroom, and she didn't want to stand in line for the women's bathroom, so she went into the men's bathroom. Yeah, and that's where she found him. Yeah, and there's all these scenarios that happen in this movie are are fairly realistic you know what i mean i you know it's a relatable type of film and you and, know. and and you're not expecting it that's the other thing yeah like she walks in and she's going to go to the bathroom and yeah. then the door opens and then you see them and you're like well i wasn't expecting that yeah it, because it was, there was no lead up to it there was no no musical cue yeah and and yeah. and there was no um there was no foreshadowing yeah i mean you knew that he was kind of goofy you didn't know he was gay, but you had a suspicion. Uh-huh. But the, like I said, this movie is so well done that when you see um, when you see Cersei's character walk in and and deal with whatever emotional bullshit she has to deal with, yeah. with him kissing another guy, it's you're you're right there with it. Yeah, I mean, not as emotional, but 
you're like, oh, we're, this came out of left field. And I also like honest moment, moments. And there, I like the honest moment that they had uh, between her and him when uh, he goes to talk to her and then he, he, he sneaks in around the back of where she's working and to, to you know to talk to her about it you know, and apologize, right? And I like the moment between them because what's honest about it is she was definitely hurt by what he did to her because regardless if he was gay in the closet, you know, feel for him, all that stuff, he still cheated on her, which fucking is it's fucked up, right? Right. But once he told her what he's going through emotionally about keeping it from his family, you can tell that he's in fucking serious pain about it. And so she was able to instantly drop what her 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 own, you know, quote unquote selfish, you know, um, feelings and 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 then she gives him a hug you know what i mean like you know say hey you know this is this is more important you know yeah I, I that's an honest moment because you know she she was able to empathize with his character like dude he's going through some real shit and he apologized he was sincerely sorry for you know for hurting her you know so i like honest shit like that yeah you know and and emotional and and it didn't, yeah, you're right. It didn't feel fake. It didn't feel bullshit. Yeah, because I hate certain, like, I've seen it before where you've, you, there'll be a movie where, uh, or a TV show where there's a gay guy that's been in the closet his whole life and he had the beard wife, you know, and all this stuff. And all of a sudden she finds out in some horrible way that he, now he's gay. Like she c- catches him banging some guy in the bathroom or something, right? Right. And then, and then uh, what happens is he acts like it's not that big of a deal because it's like he finally gets to come out. So that's that. It's more important that he got to come out. It doesn't matter that she's hurt. You know what I mean? It's, right. It just matters that he's finally got the the, the 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 balls to come out of the closet. Right. And say that he this is who he truly is. And it's like, dude, you still hurt someone. You still lied and hurt someone. You know, regardless of the reason why, you still hurt him. So, you know, and I hate that shit. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, no, there's more feelings involved in that. Oh, and then they, they oh, where the wife will act like she won't even be, after a while, she's like, oh, you know what? It's okay because he was gay. Right. You know, no, you got hurt. You were betrayed. It, you know, it, come on. That's that's bad writing. That's so. Lazy writing. Yeah. So I like this shit. Deadpool. It's, yeah. It's more, <laughs> so it's more honest. And in this movie, this is a simple movie. That's, that's. The bottom line about it, it's a simple movie. It doesn't try to be more anything more than what it is. It tells the story. It gets you involved with the characters. And when you walk away from it, you're glad that you saw it. That's Ladybird. Yeah. And uh, and 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 to bring it all around, like the next guy that she's with, <laughs> God, man, El Duche. Yeah. This, the, you know, and, and the and the kid that 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 plays this character. Yeah, Timothy Chalamet is the actor's name. Yeah, Kyle. Cow. Fuck you, Cal. <laughs> Fuck you, Cal. <laughs> and he's a Jew. Yeah. <laughs> so he's his his parents are rich, or his dad's rich. Yeah. And you know he's he's as you said, what the fuck is he, Jack Kerouac? Yeah. You know he's just he's always off by himself, he's sitting outside the coffee shop, drinking a coffee and smoking a cigarette or a hand rolled cigarette. Yeah. He's he's the cool owner. Yeah. You know don't don't smoke clothes. They have fucking blah blah blah. Yeah. Right. I I hand roll my own. <laughs> Shut up, you dick! Like I, I care about the environment. I, I would have just fucking. I would have. I would be like, <laughs> "Shut up!" I don't do the money thing. Yeah, except he's driving around a fucking BMW, and, his, and he placates to his rich father. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going here out of irony. Yeah, I'm, I'm going here because my dad went here. He's in its legacy. Yep, I'm doing it ironically. That's, but you know, he plays it perfectly. Yeah. 
You know, he's a character. This character, I fucking hated. Oh yeah, I fucking hated because he's up we, for an Oscar for another movie. <laughs> we all know kids like this, yeah. right? This the the I'm doing this ironically, kid, or I'm an emo fake fucking. You know, I I'm I'm just gonna slide through life because daddy's rich type of kid, right? Yeah, and and I I loved I loved that he played this with with that fucking I don't care attitude. Yeah, nonchalant. Yeah, and I love that he was just such a he was a he was a cock. Yeah, he didn't give a shit one way or the other what happened. His friends are fake, and he thinks that and he knows that they're fake. But he still hangs out with him because he needs those type of people. Validation. To, yeah, exactly. He needs yeah. those type of people in his life to make him feel better. You know what? He had a great line in the movie, and they played it during the trailers too. It was where he she's upset about having sex. Yeah, and like you know, cause she wanted it to be special. Right. And he goes, "Why? You're going to have tons of unspecial sex in your life." Right. And that's a great line because it's fucking true. Yeah. You know, if you're someone who's sexually active and and can get laid anytime you want. <laughs> For the most part, you're going to have a lot of sex, and not all of it's going to be fucking great. Yes. So that I mean, that, I don't care what anybody says. All sex is awesome. I, dude, I'm 40, and I'm I'm here to tell you that every time is still fucking all. Every time oh. I've done it, it's I, I'm in my mind. I'm saying to myself, dude, I'm having sex. It's all fucking sex. awesome. But you know, in, in the <laughs> so, case of yeah, in the case of um, him though, yeah. he didn't care. Yeah. You know, he's one of those guys that you know, like he, she she mounts him. And then, like, you know, two-pump chump, and he was done, and then he was on to something else. Yeah, and then he went off to go save the whales or some shit. No, he's just kind of fucking sitting there in bed. Well, I mean, he'll he'll just talk about maybe doing it someday, but, you know, right now he's got he's got to read some books. <laughs> yeah, he, he had some to... some more cigarettes. <laughs> he had to fucking read some books <laughs> and, and, and be aloof because, yeah. hey, you know. You want to skip the prom because it's not cool. Yeah. Let's, 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 go, let's go do this. And she's like, yeah. No, I want to go to prom. Drop me off. Yeah, you know, and that was good. She finally came to came to her senses and realized, you know, quit quit following everyone else and do what the fuck you want to do. Uh huh. So yeah. Um, all right. So I I don't think I have anything. I think the only negative I have about this movie is that uh, I think it got blown up to be, be bigger than it is, better than it is. You know what I mean? Because everyone's like, oh, it's the best movie of the year, and it, it's a really good movie. Don't get me wrong, but it's not. I it to me, it's a seven and a half out of ten. It's not a fucking nine or a nine point five out of ten. You know what I mean? It's just a good movie. It's a well done movie, very good, worth seeing. It's a nice uh, little uh, love piece uh, for Sacramento. Yep. And that that's it. You know? Yeah. Um, I it's a seven and a half. Uh, I think that I that they that there were some corners that were cut, and there was not enough enough of uh, Tracy Tracy Letts in in the movie in and of itself. Yeah. And he needed to be more prominent. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but for the short runtime, they sure as hell covered a lot of ground, which was cool. They even they, they even dealt with some of the, the her her uh, her adopted foster brother. Yeah, you know. So, but if you notice, they they could move on from things really quickly. So I don't know. If, I think they might have had to cut some things out because, like, for example, like uh, remember the uh, the pastor who went to uh, saw the mom at the hospital. Yeah. You know, you don't know what else, what else happened with that. Yeah, you, know? you don't know why he was there. Yeah, or the dad on the job interview afterwards, you know? Yeah. You don't know. There's no follow-up with any... Now, this movie has no follow-up, except, you know, you see... The only follow-up is with Lady Bird herself. Right. You know, when, when she gets to college and she realizes how much she misses her family and friends. Yeah, there were some subplots that needed to be resolved, and they weren't. 
Yeah. So and that's why it gets a seven and a half. Yeah. So you know, maybe they'll have Ladybird the show. <laughs> all right. Those are cool. What? Who? Who? Who designed? Are those all designed for the same person? No, I don't know who they're designed by. I'm just looking at them. Those are fucking cool. What's the uh, the title? Art Deco posters. Oh, like the Rocketeer is obviously a design, but yeah, that one that, that was on the movie poster, and that's on the videotape for it. But these are all. Some of those are really fucking cool, dude. Uh, where is that one? Here we go. Check this out. This oh one. yeah, I've seen that. That Cloud City. That is yeah, that's badass. I've seen that, all three of them. them. There was a uh, the one with the Yoda. Yeah, and then there's Endor, and yeah, you got that. Snamer. <laughs> Old style stuff. Yeah, that's that's, that's clever. I like I like it when they put effort into them. They do something clever with them. Yeah, aliens. There's Batman. <laughs> scented or unscented? <coughs> yeah, there's some really really good. That's badass. Look at the Lion King. Yeah. Simba, Mufasa. Say it again. Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. Anyways, moving on. All right. Yeah, we could look at all those, man. Those are, I, me being a movie guy, dude, I would love to have some of that shit on my wall. I have spent hours looking at these fucking, these these Art Deco posters. and Yeah, they call, some of them are minimal, right? They call them minimalist. Yeah. Where there's just so just one little thing on there, and then, yeah. But it's enough to give away with them what it is. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, you're right. We could look at this shit all fucking day. Yeah. All right, so. Um, That's how good this shit right, is. So, yeah, definitely go see a Lady Bird. It's not a piece of shit in any way whatsoever. Yeah, it's really, really good. So, um, I hope it, you know, when it comes to the Oscars for it, I mean, it, I, I, I don't think it's the best picture movie, but uh, I don't know if it deserves original screenplay or not. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Who gives a shit, right? Because you know, it depends on how much you like the movie. Who gives a fuck how much validation it gets by 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 blowhards? Yeah. All right. So anyway, um, all right. Moving on. All right. I don't know what news you've got, but um, I just a couple things. I got the the rampage. The second trailer came out for Rampage, which um, it adds pretty much all the elements from the first trailer into it, and um, now it's got some extra stuff. Which it, you know what. It looks like it's going to be a dumb fun movie, you know. I because the the second trailer actually makes the movie seem more way more fun to watch, kind of like watching the Jumanji trailer or something. So, uh, I, I I hope that we that's an open date for us. It comes out on April twentieth, and you know what? I I, I kind of want to see a dumb movie. If we're going to see a dumb movie, let's see let's see fucking Rampage. All right, I'll let it out. You get to see more of the Croc Monster too, in the second trailer. Great. So, um, and then uh, what else? There was a oh. The, they, I, I keep forgetting about this, but they are, they're doing a remake of Overboard, and Overboard's a classic for me. I know, you know, I've seen. Uh, and uh, the 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 full link trailer is came this out with Chris Pratt. No, this one is with his ex wife uh, Anna okay. Ferris. She plays the Goldie Hawn role, but now it's switched. So now the rich person is the dude, and then the, the you know the 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 country bumpkin or you know whatever you want to call him is the uh, is the lady instead the hard worker so anna ferris uh, so yeah anna ferris is um, she does like a like cleaning like carpet cleaning or some shit right and she's on a yacht and and eugenio derbez from uh, how to be a Latin lover right he is the he plays the goldie hawn role pretty much and um, and so He's the one that ends up, you know, screwing her over and um, being an asshole to her. And then he falls off the boat later on, wakes up with amnesia. 
she exploits the situation. You know, if you've ever seen Overboard, you know, you know what hilarity ensues, right? So anyway, the movie doesn't look like it's anything that special. There are a couple funny scenes in the trailer. And look, I, I, I like Eugenio Derbez after seeing him in How to Be a Latin Lover. And he was one of the like high points of Geostorm, if, if that movie even had any high points. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I want this movie to be good, but it, it, to me it seems like a totally unnecessary remake that it doesn't need to be done. But whatever. I don't know. I'll let you know if I ever see it. If I ever end up seeing it, I'll let you know if it's good or not. So. Okay. Um, and then uh, oh, I just found out that I, I already looked every once in a while. I get this little hair up my ass about Kung Fury, you know, because I love Kung Fury. We both love Kung Fury. And uh, every once in a while, I'll look and see um, what, how's it going on the movie front. Because, you know, uh, they said that the was it DreamWorks or SKG or, you know, Katzenberg is um, trying to, um, you know, get this made into a full length feature film. And so it is. They're, they're going to start filming this summer. And Michael Fassbender has signed on to be a character in the movie. So, um, so David Sandberg is going to play Kung Fury. He's going to come back. He's the you know the writer, director, creator, editor of the original Kung Fury. And this is going to be a sequel. Apparently, it's going to be a sequel to Kung Fury, not not a, just a, a redo of the of the short film. So that's cool that they're actually going to you know it's almost like uh, what they did with Desperado, how it's kind of a sequel but not really, and it's also like a remake, right? Uh, and anyway, so Sandberg's going to be back, you know, back in the starring role as Kung Fury. Um, I don't know if he's direct. I don't think he's directing it though. And then uh, David Hasselhoff is returning as well. So and uh, like I said, starts filming in summer. So that sounds fucking cool. And uh, fuck you, Kung Fury. Yes, fuck you. All right, and that's all I got for news, man. What you got? Got anything? No, I ain't got nothing. You good? Yeah. We're good. Oh shit, are we going to end this? Uh, are we done? No. 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 Are we going to talk about? Black Panther. Something that smells or doesn't smell shitty. <laughs> it's disapproving. Just don't. I know. All right. So, um, okay. So, let's get into our uh, piece of shit predictions for Black Panther. Okay. All right. My take. Under an invisible dome lies the futuristic country of Wakanda. Its king must deal with long-running family squabbles, outside influences, and the infectious laugh of Andy Serkis. Sure, the king can stealthily leap on gun-toting soldiers from the treetops and shred fast-moving vehicle wheels in a matter of seconds, but can he make it to family dinner on time? Well, at least there'll be a cool beat that's playing that's designed to patronize to the urban youth of America while it all goes down. You know what I'm saying, my brother? My prediction? Condescending marketing aside, this looks like a needed change for perspective in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Think of this as a technologically upgraded update of Shaka Zulu. No. Chadwick Boseman is a solid leading man. His co-stars are fun to behold. And the action scenes will probably rock. Or rap. Black Panther will not be a piece of shit. In fact, I believe that it's going to lead into Infinity War quite nicely. That's a very good take. Black Panther, it looks cool, but has a meh soundtrack. <laughs> but for the love of me, because my name is Mike. Yes. Why is it that, looking at the previous Marvel movies, Black Panther has rap songs while the other ones seem to play mostly white, safe music? Uh-huh. Let's take a look at the list of music from the Marvel movies. Iron Man, Back in Black, Iron Man, of course, and Chris Cornell. And this is all based off the trailers, by the way. Yeah. Captain America is very orchestral. Hulk is very orchestral. Iron Man 2 is uh, ACDC Shoot to Thrill. Thor is orchestral with some EDM, but it's building up towards the Infinity War. 
The Avengers, Iron Man 3, Thor 2, Captain America 2, and Avengers 2 all have the same variations on the theme when it comes to the to the score during the trailer. Yeah. Which means that each one of those is either a theme of a person or a theme of the movie, and it's all leading into Infinity War. Guardians of the Galaxy had hooked on a feeling. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 had Fleetwood Mac. Doctor Strange, again, back to that orchestral thematic song as uh, as well as Ant-Man, which has similar stuff to the Avengers and the Iron Man Thor sequels. Yeah. Civil War is still building on that theme, while Spider-Man Homecoming had Spider-Man's theme building up to the building into the other orchestral themes, plus some sort of weird hip-hop thing. Oh, yeah, it was appealing to the youth. You could tell. Yeah. Uh, Thor 3 had the Immigrant Song, and then you have Black Panther, and I get it. I totally get it. But my problem with this is, I mean, is it me, or is it that Marvel is playing it safe with non-threatening music? And that's in adds in Kendrick Lamar on the soundtrack to Black Panther, and they look sort of racist while doing it. I could be wrong, but that's just the way it looks. Oh, hey, we put a bunch of white guys into our soundtracks. We have to make it right and go straight thug hip-hop for Black Panther to get our street cred up. By the way, this movie's not going to be a piece of shit, but the soundtrack is, because I've heard it. It's awful. The whole soundtrack? The whole soundtrack is fucking awful. If you're going to do a Black Panther soundtrack, and Joe has said this before... You have to add in African. Yeah, I was gonna. I didn't want to say. I didn't want to. But you, you have to add that in. You have to add in. Um, it's, it's not. It's country. Yeah. You know the country or the or. Yeah. Origins. The the culturally significant. Thank you. The cultural music of the movie theme. Yeah. For the movie that you're using. I mean, even like with Thor 3, should have had more Norse-type music. Yeah. Spider-Man, obviously, you know, you could have the kid stuff because he's a teenager. Yeah. Ant-Man, more, I, I would say more um, uh, 30s, 40s-style bank robber music, <laughs> you know, heist music. Yeah. You know, Doctor Strange, fine, but you're gonna, you still have to have that Indian flavor or or that whatever you want to call it, that Iron Fist mystical yeah. flavor to it, right? All of these have to, you know, uh, Cap, the original Captain America needs to have 30s and 40s music. Absolutely. And it, it, each one of these movies has to be detailed like that. It, it's attention to detail. Yeah. But when you put in things like, and I'm not a fan of Kendrick Lamar, okay? Uh, and I'll be the first to say it. I don't like his music. I don't like his music because I find it boring and trite. I find it, I, I find that his music is so atypical bullshit that it's laughable. I know that we're supposed to like stay a little um, culturally, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, what is, is it? Called? Not uh, what's the word? Um, well, yeah, pop culturally aware. You know, to stay current with the with the current times, right? To be up to date, up to speed. But I have to tell you something, man. The state of music is so fucking bad right now. I don't care about any of these fake artists. I don't care about. Any of their their shitty music, it, it it it's all fucking just worthless trash. It, it, there's no style to it. There's no fucking. There are exceptions, of course, but otherwise, I don't care. Kendrick Lamar, I don't even know who the fuck he is. I don't even care anymore. Yeah, I, I he's a Kardashian. That's yeah. that's what I know. <laughs> and you know, look, 
I find I find that you're better off if you're going to use rap or whatever. Like, um, is it Coolio? Does Kendrick Lamar do that fucking that stop rapping? That I don't know what I'm gonna do it. Uh, I think so. I don't know. Um, gonna pull up my pants. Yeah, who's who's this dude? What's that? One two. Write some who shit. did the who did the Peter Dinklage rapping Buster Rhymes? That's Buster yeah, Rhymes. Buster Rhymes. Why couldn't they fucking put Buster Rhymes in there, man? That dude was fucking oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna play this this Doritos commercial because it's fucking awesome. Those burn my fucking mouth. It's such a great commercial because Busta Rhymes is just I I fucking I fucking love his stuff. Yeah, Busta Rhymes you know? is fucking excellent, man. And he's not he's not a pretentious cunt. Have you seen his um dangerous video? He does he um he does the Martin Riggs thing. And he, he plays he plays Riggs, so he's in white face. You got you should see the dangerous video. It's pretty funny. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I get to I get to watch him be do white face while we can't do blackface because that doesn't it doesn't bother me I, I don't give it it's funny to me because it's it I, I I'm not offended by him doing that I, I can't play this oh my God. there we go hey it's got uh, what's his name yeah Bill Duke <laughs> is that supposed to be Michael Jackson no it's Buster Rhymes dressed up to look like fucking Martin Riggs. It doesn't look like Martin Riggs. It looks like fucking Michael Jackson. <laughs> this is 20 years old. <laughs> he is funny. He's funny as shit. He's very animated car- um, actor, man. And, um, entertainer. Yeah. If you watch him the way he's running and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do stuff, (laughs) here's Kendrick Lamar. No. I actually would rather watch it buffer than actually listen to it. Because, you know, we we have to use artists to sell Gap or Target. The All Stars. I like the beat, but I bet you his fucking rapping is going to be horrible. See? No, auto-tune. Fucking auto-tune. Anytime you use auto-tune, done. Done. That's because you have no fucking talent. You can't do shit on your own. You probably didn't even write your own fucking lyrics. Done. Gonna use fucking auto-tune? If you, look, there's only a few people that can get away with using auto-tune. Roger and Zap. And he did, so he's not around to use it anymore. And, uh, you know, a couple other little things. You know, Kanye used it in a song for, like, a fucking, for, for a funny thing, but he didn't overdo it. And 
and I'm not, don't worry, I'm not trying to justify, I'm not trying to back up Kanye West. He's still an asshole. But um, I'm just saying that some people know when to use it, know when not to. But when you use it all the fucking time, that means you have no talent. You have no actual ability. I, I Any fucking auto-tune is just garbage. Ugh. Any auto-tune. I don't care who you are. Rock, rap, country. You use auto-tune, you suck. You didn't like Roger and Zap? I don't even know who the fuck that is. Oh, my God. I, 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 I can't. I just, I'm like computer love. You don't know computer love? No. I don't listen to that shit, dude. Oh, my God. I probably do, but I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I, had, I used to have his greatest hits. I don't listen to funk. I don't listen to electro funk. Mm. You also did a, a remake of The Grapevine. I heard it on The Grapevine. And, oh, yeah, he did the do-wad diddy. Computer love. Ch-ch-ch-ch. That's really not auto-tune. It's more using a keyboard. No, when he talks, when he's singing. Star That's that's more keyboard singing through a, a synthesizer vo- voice synth. Yeah. Kind of like. Yeah, you're right. Because it's. I mean, it's yeah, all right. Well, kind of like. It's a little. Time. It's a little different. I, yeah. One of my favorite songs, actually. Amy Schumer is someone I just don't want to know anymore. I, I I do like this fucking song. See, that's that's kind of like auto tuning, but yeah, but but it's only for a moment, and she doesn't like do every song like that. You know what I mean? I, I, like I said, there's there's exceptions for auto tune. Just that's more keyboard stuff, but yeah, it's it's almost the same as auto tune, but not. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you can use auto-tune if you know how to fucking use it, but when you use it as your selling point and it's covering all your all your lyrics, you suck. You absolutely fucking suck. Kendrick Lamar fucking sucks. I know this, that whole soundtrack can suck my ass. Give my son his name back. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, there's only one Kendrick, man. And, and, that's, and he ain't no Lamar. And, and, that's, and that's my problem with, with all of the soundtracks that Marvel's done is it, it is. It's fucking racist. Mm-hmm. You have all these white artists, predominantly. I'm not gonna say all, predominantly white artists on predominantly white movies. Yeah, and then you have predominantly it's reverse. It's it's racism. I'm saying it's you, you have you put black artists on just a black movie, but not on any of the other movies. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the fact that there are no white artists yeah. on Black Panther. I'm talking about the fact that there are little to no black artists. On all of the other movies, it's condescending. <laughs> yeah, and then when you watch, then when you watch the trailer, you know, if you watch the trailers for all of these movies, yeah. all you hear is these this orchestral music or immigrant song or whatever. Yeah, and they work, but the problem is, is that they went complete hip hop with Black Panther. Yeah, that's because shit. because they're going after. They're going after an audience that yeah. they already fucking captured at, with Black Panther. Look, look at a semi-comparable movie, Coming to America, right? Coming to America, when they're in Africa, 
they're only playing African type music, right? When they're in America, they're playing um, modern American music, you know, like especially like hip hop and, and funk and all that stuff. But they also play some African music there too as well. Okay, it you know they're honoring what they're coming from when it goes to that. But when you're doing this shit, when you're marketing, oh, because we want all these young people, they're not gonna, they don't want to hear, hear this. They don't want to hear any old soul music. They don't want to hear any fucking you know R and B, no, or you know, and any African type music or even African artists like like say even D'Angelo because they're the only hip hop African band that I'm aware of, right? But I know there's plenty more than that. Um, you don't hear any of that shit because oh, most of us over here don't know that, right? Well, no. So, just, well, let's just throw on that that marketable shit. That yeah, then that's and that's the problem. And I wonder how many of the artists that they've put on these soundtracks are ABC or owned by ABC or Disney or whatever. Yeah, or the record companies. Yeah, exactly. So, especially it, Kendrick Lamar. It, yeah, it's it, it's 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 lazy. It's lazy, and it's um, it, it's not. You're not taking. I know, like, I don't know if risk taking is not is not the right word because they're they're definitely not taking any risk with this safe shit. But it, come on, man, quit being so fucking scared. Oops. Quit being so scared. Um, you know, and uh, what was it? I went to the movies the other day, and during the trailers, it was over half the fucking trailers were remakes and shit. You know, and and my and my friend he asked me. He goes, he goes, he goes. Look at it's all like fucking remakes. And I go, yeah, it's because Hollywood. Is afraid to take risks anymore. They're completely afraid to take risks. You know, it, 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 that's just what. Yeah, no, they're fuck them. How do you have four studio albums and one compilation album and fifty-five music videos and forty-four singles? How the fuck do you have fifty-five music videos unless they're of the same song? I, I mean, does that count like him being on other people's albums or something? Or I, it, it must be. That's what I think. I, you know, I as a hip hop fan. I you know because I grew up into hip hop you know and and uh, not not in its heyday but at an early time you know when uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff was becoming popular and and you know and, and NWA and stuff was coming out that's when I started listening to hip hop and there was something special about it at the time and and I, I I'm a hip hop enthusiast because I grew up around that shit you know this and and it's cool that it finally became mainstream enough that it's popular around the world and that more than just people in urban communities can appreciate its style and, and, and it and, you know and what it brings to the game. But something happened when it became more mainstream. It mutated and it got chewed into the bubblegum machine. I didn't know this was possible. At the time I was like there's no you know, I never even con- even conceived that hip hop could turn into into this fucking soulless bubblegum shit. And it has become that. It, you got people that have no fucking rapping skills whatsoever behind a microphone making millions of dollars and they have no fucking talent at all. It's horrible. Absolutely horrible. Hip-hop should be fucking pissed at itself for letting these pieces of shit have record contracts. They don't care. I know they don't care. It's just my little rant. Okay. Fuck these guys. They don't know how to Oh, there you go. What? What? Uh, Where's the connection? Many of Lamar's fellow artists signed a top dog... Uh, entertainment. It was released by Interscope Records, February 9, two thousand eighteen. Um, Black Panther, the album music from and inspired by alternately, alternatively, Black Panther, the album is a soundtrack album for the Marvel Studios film Black Panther. It was curated by Kendrick Lamar and features a variety of collaborators, including many of Lamar's fellow artists signed to Top Dog Entertainment. It was released by Interscope 
on 2009. A a separate film score, Black Panther original score, will be released um, by Hollywood Records on February 16th. Yeah. Um, I don't care about the original. I want the original. So the inspired one can kiss my ass. Um, The original score. um, Wow. Uh, Ludwig Gornensen did Fruitvale Station and Creed, huh. two films which you really loved. Yeah, because of the same director. Same director. Um, the guy who directed, um, I'm brain-farting his name right now, the guy who directed those two films, um, yeah, he's directing Black Panther. So uh, Gornensen traveled to Sen- Senegal in South Africa to record local Cougar. musicians yeah. to form the base of his soundtrack. While in Africa, he had become fond of the sound uh, of the sound the talking drum produced, which he incorporated as the sound of the king, and was the first seat of how the instrumentation affected the process, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It doesn't say... Ryan Coogler's the director. Great. Um, it doesn't say if there's anything else on here other than just the regular score, but, you know... Yeah, this is the original score, not the soundtrack AV Club's giving it a B, the Guardian's giving it four, and Enemy is giving it four, Pitchfork is 7.5, Rolling Stone is four. Metacritic gave it an 83 out of 100. Come on. Yeah, they're ass kissers, dude. I'm sorry, but no, it's this is fucking bullshit. And I'm sure that there's some good fucking songs on here. But anything that has goddamn Kendrick Lamar's name on it, no. Done. <laughs> I don't want to listen to it. Nope. So that's going to be the one uh, negative that we're probably going to experience. When we're, hopefully the, the movie's not inundated with it. Hopefully... You only hear some of that shit in the background, like when they're going through the city or something, or someone's driving by in a car during a chase scene, or maybe during the fucking end credits. You know, hopefully it's not blaring throughout the film, because that would suck. The movie's got a, a 98% appro- um, Rotten Tomatoes score, though, so it should be all right. Right. Of course, you never know until you see it, right? Yep. So, right. who cares? All right. So, you good this week? I'm good this week. All right. So, uh, <laughs> for a couple of average Joes in Escape Magazine movie reviews... I am Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. This is Spiegel, and I'm out. I wish I could rap as fast as fucking Buster Rhymes. <laughs> you just can't do it right now. Fucking with the bomb, nigga. Oh, you know what you're doing. Yep. All right. Okay. Good night. You niggas had enough? Give us a moment. Niggas want the watch it? Give us a moment. He's played for the weed at. Give